0: Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world, and it's time. So let's do this. In today's episode, I have the amazing Anahata Ananda here with me, and I am so excited, girl, because you're in store for some magic. Anahata is such a powerful soul. She blends the compassion and tenderness of the angel and the wisdom and strength of the shaman to guide profound journeys of core healing and spiritual awakening. Anahata's company is called Shamangelic Healing. And actually she has a really, really special free gift for you, a free quantum manifestation meditation. So make sure before you do anything pause this, go to the show notes and go grab her free quantum manifestation meditation. I'm so excited for you to dive into that visualization because it's incredibly powerful. So Anahata is also the host of the internationally acclaimed shamanic Healing podcast, the founder of shamanic Healing as I mentioned and she's based in Sedona. She helps and serves high performance coaches she holds inspirational workshops, does breath work, group retreats, private healing sessions, and so much more. In this episode, we talk about a lot of things between spiritual awakening to manifestation to really navigating shifts in your spiritual. Business and so much more. So, if you're able to, I highly encourage you to take notes as long as you're not driving, of course, because there's definitely a ton of golden nuggets that you are going to get from this episode. So, without further ado, let's welcome Anahata onto the show. Hello, Anahata. I'm so excited to have you here, and I can't wait to. I just already know this is going to be such a powerful, amazing, activating conversation.
1: Yes, we are going to dive deep, sister, and I'm so grateful. A lot of the principles that that you share with your audience, um, all about quantum leaping and quantum manifestation, and like next level activation, activation, and mm. just core healing, and really finding your soul's mission. So we are on the same page for sure. Yes. Um, excited to share and shine uh, with you mm. and
0: uh, with those listening. Yeah, so aligned. So I I I'm so curious of like what led you on the path to doing like shamanic healing work and getting into the whole quantum leaping realm of things. And what is I know that your your company is shamangelic, and I would love for you to kind of break that <laughs> open too, because yeah. I'm all about the angels too. Yes, beautiful. I I think what catalyzed
1: me to discover and explore and reach for shamanic healing is that I was going through my own dark night of the soul and the tools that were available or that I was reaching for were just falling way short of helping me heal, awaken, release, forgive. um, And traditional therapies just weren't it. And so I turned towards shamanic healing and I was able to release so much heaviness, like rage and um, like tremendous amounts of grief. And so I think that the shamanic healing really helped with a lot of emotional clearing the shamanic principles about connecting back to the land and kind of remembering how to live more simply. And that really helped open me up spiritually. And then I really dove into Yoga and cleansing and meditation and spiritual expansion work and doing energy healing from a more spiritual perspective and so what really kept landing for me is that I it's not just one thing mm-hmm. for me is that I tend to be a an integrationalist and and blending and so I called uh, the company shamanjelic which really is okay the shaman is not afraid to go and look into the shadow and face the darkness and do the, the the darker work and Mm -hmm. be courageous and bold there. And the angel does that with compassion and kindness and presence and, and brings in that gentle uh, gentleness to the healing process. And sometimes we need radical honesty and sometimes we just need a hug. (laughs) Sometimes Mm -hmm. we need a tool or a perspective or a resource that we currently don't have access to and that's why we're not making progress. Mm-hmm. And so that's where in addition to the shamanic healing as well as you know kind of more spiritual practices and connecting with divine guides and meditation I also was was really interested in learning high performance tools and mm-hmm. manifestation because I feel that all of these play a part in living a thriving life so totally I keep adding to my little medicine bag year. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: your tools so beautiful yeah
1: yeah because sometimes you know we can have the core healing of a wound but that doesn't mean we have the know-how of how to change the pattern that we have been in we can forgive and we can learn, but, the, and, but we may not actually have the tool or the resource to do it differently. And so as far as transformational empowerment, I feel that the formula of healing and releasing, learning and understanding what it was about, and then also, okay, what new tool or resource or new way of being or, or new action mm-hmm. am I implementing so that I actually do evolve and I don't keep repeating the pattern again and again.
0: Yeah. What are some really powerful like shifts or transformations that you've personally had along your journey?
1: I think the biggest one is following like society's dream rather than my own soul's wisdom. Mm. Like I bought the whole thing of you know go to college and do the you know get the job and Married, two kids, buy the house, uh, all of that. And as much as, like, especially being a mother, my heart was really deeply aligned with that part of my mission. Uh, I think a lot of the material journey and a lot of the uh, seeking validation uh, from career and also material acquisition fell way short in providing like soulful joy in my life. And um, so I think a big shift for me, and and also since I was still holding a lot of my core wounds from childhood, I brought that into my adulthood and into my marriage and into mm. into life. And so I think that I I did not have the tools to navigate the life that I had created and how to manage stress, how to clearly communicate, how to Um, handle chaos without sedating, blaming, ignoring, distracting, um, and getting triggered. Like I just, I just didn't have the tools. And so I think the big shift was um, releasing a lot of things that really didn't fit me or that weren't mine Mm -hmm. and giving myself permission to uh, heal and release a lot of those, the pain from the past. And so the, the, I think the big shift also happened with really finding my own soul again and
0: mm-hmm. listening
1: to her divine wisdom. And then I i got, I was so hungry in exploring new tools, new resources, new perspectives, new ideas, new philosophies that felt way more in alignment with who I am and was not so much what I was raised with or what, you know, the interpretation of life and truth and purpose that I that I adopted in, you know, growing up. Mm -hmm. So I think the radical shift was to authenticity. Authenticity.
0: And I'm sure once you stepped into your purpose, that became even more of a thing.
1: (laughs) Because it's a spiritual journey,
0: like living your purpose.
1: Yeah, I I was... good at making money in corporate Uh, it felt good my ego was massaged and i felt were you know uh, capable because i was getting acknowledged with bonuses and you know um awards and stuff and and but it was shallow it didn't feel soulful it fed my ego but not my soul and that that being able to do what I love, like what I came here to do, Mm -hmm. the, the abundance that comes from that. And of course I, I experience abundance in my business, but it has many more than just dollars. It has many more success measures than it used to. It used to just be how many zeros um, and, and um, what's the title. And, And, and the work, the quality of the work and the meaning of the work was not a priority. And now that is the priority that I love what I do, that it's impactful, that it changes people's lives, that it is making a difference. That becomes my main success measure and that I Mm -hmm. love doing it because even within a soulful business, you will outgrow certain aspects of it that just don't fit who you're becoming or. Exactly. They served their purpose. And as women entrepreneurs, we need to know this, that even like, oh my God, I love doing this. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that that will stay because you keep growing. And so you it, might need to shift an aspect of your business, even though it was your greatest joy three years ago or 10 years ago doesn't mean that that's done. And you, you, you get to keep choosing again and again and asking, does this still fit? Am I still lit up about this or has it gone through a life cycle that I need to change something or let go of something or refine something?
0: Mm -hmm. I love that you're bringing this up because I've gone through many of those shifts myself and um, I was just talking to someone about this of like how to really... Follow what feels good and let go of what doesn't and how that can sometimes be scary And maybe it's not letting go of your whole business or exactly what you're doing, but a a way that you're doing things And I think this conversation is so important, especially for those listening I'm sure who are maybe on the journey of shifting in their business or taking things to another level stepping into a new version of themselves Yeah, this is a part of
1: being a spiritual entrepreneur is constantly listening and willing to let go of a thing, even if it's presently working well. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember years ago when it, in, in around 2008, and I was leading a um, international retreat business where I was doing, you know, anywhere between seven and nine retreats a year all around the world in different places. And it was thriving. I had wow. really built it up. It had been eight years and um, it was, you know, all, all still along the lines of spirituality and personal development and core healing. But the main premises was, you know, retreat experiences um, in sacred destinations around the world. <clears throat> and I remember in a, at a time when I was in Peru after one of the retreats, I kind of was just, okay, let me just have my own solo journey after everybody left. And I remember getting this transmission saying, you are not what you do. Mm. You are not your business. And at the time, I think I was really deeply entrenched because I loved it. Um, and, it and it was so nourishing for my soul that it also, there also was an attachment to it and an identification with it as if this is all there is and this is who I am. Wow. And even if it's the most soulful expression of you, it is still not who you are. It's just how you are expressing at this time. And I sat with that for a little while. And, you know, then at the tail end of this transmission that I was receiving, it was like, there will come a time to let it go. And at the moment when, it, when I received that, I was like, no. <laughs> I'm not going to let it go. I love it. It's great. I, it's thriving. I finally find what I found, that I loved. And, and it said, again, there will come a time when you need to let this go. And six months later I got another message and it says, don't plan, don't book any more retreats. I'm like, but wha-? wow. It's like it's, a spirit don't, message. Don't <clears throat> I did. It said, don't book any more retreats. I'm like, I'm finally in a groove. <laughs> it's finally working. And the message said, don't book anymore. Well, at some point, then there's no more income, right? Mm -hmm. But I listened. It said, don't book anymore. And by the time I was finished with all of those retreats, it was in 2009, in the middle of 2009, and that's when we had another financial hiccup. People weren't traveling. There was a little, um, you know, the real estate market dropped and... Finances were tight, and had I ignored that message, I would have probably been at least twenty to thirty thousand dollars in with deposits. Wow! Um, uh, on retreat centers and yeah. invested in the next, you know, eight retreats that I would have had to cancel. I would have lost probably um, close to thirty or forty thousand dollars at the time. And it was time for the business to just be done with doing retreats eight times a year because uh, for lots of reasons. And it wasn't the next ra- the next whole year or two years of that were not going to be economically sustainable. I would have, um, you know, the retreats wouldn't have been abundant and I definitely would have lost um, money and lost traction and not had a sustainable business. And, so when we get these spirit messages, like they're happening for us for a reason to give us a heads up that something external is changing where well, we might not see it now, but it might be happening a year from now. Right now, of course, there's a lot of unhe- upheaval and uncertainty in the you know, economy mm-hmm. as we rebuild after this, you know, as this whole thing is evolving and it's really important as, as spiritual women entrepreneurs that we are extremely f- masterful at the listening and the allowing, mm-hmm. that even when a whisper or a knock or a loud voice uh, or a wake-up call comes, even if it's something that we don't want to hear, that it's trying to help us navigate, be flexible, let go of a piece of the business that isn't working anymore, or to be innovative. And build something that will make our business more, uh, you know, capable of handling chaos in the future, Mm -hmm. more resilient um, business. So we have to be, we get to be, um, really phenomenal at uh, listening and trusting and following the intuition.
0: Yeah. And what is your advice on? that on like really tuning in and being able to hear that inner guidance or spirit messages that are coming through and and not like second guessing it or wondering oh is this really coming through or like having that like indecisiveness like is this just in my head or is this my intuition
1: yeah i think um you know when we have the feeling um a lot of times with the intuition our first response will be hell no, (laughs) whether it's like, Hey, you got to write a book or you got to close this part of the business or you've got to, you know, make an alliance with this person or fire this client, uh, you know, whatever it is or change something in the staffing or whatever. A lot of times with our intuition, the first, our first egoic primal response will be no. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to do that <laughs> because a lot of times what we're hearing is something needs to change that we're already deeply vested in in some way or we don't want to hear the truth about um you know an example is um uh, I was a couple years ago I had hired somebody and I had hired from a place of putting in a, bo- a body in a position because I was in a time pinch, or at least that was my perception. And I hired somebody that was great in about 75% of the skills. And then in 25%, which I didn't really see until I saw her in the position, it was definitely not a fit. Mm. My intuition said, you got to let her go three weeks in. And my first response was no. (laughs) My first response was no, that's a pain in the ass. I don't want to start over. Uh, I can make this work. And so a lot of times we are going to not agree with the intuition or the message that's coming through. And we might have to have a little tantrum about it. We might have to have a little, to have some time to process it. We might have to have some time to like really sit with it, but I ignored that truth and three months later, I just, I kept having like, just, it just wasn't flowing. There was a lot of just unnecessary conflict. Mm -hmm. And I was ignoring my intuition for three months. And finally, after one of those times where she was just, it was so not in alignment, like so not in alignment that I, I was like, okay, I, I'm willing <laughs> to trust my intuition now. <laughs> I'm finally willing to be like, I got to let her go because um, it was causing so much unnecessary conflict and leaking my energy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's
1: not negotiable. And so we have the option to override our intuition, but the answer is still s- the same. Yeah. We can create unnecessary struggle like I did, unnecessary conflict like I did, and time loss, like I did, and when we are doubting and ignoring that, which, you know, it's, that's totally optional, but the answer is still the same. This, this truth is still there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we might need to sit with it for a little bit, and that's okay. Um, we get to give ourselves some space to be human and to not, you know, to resist that Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the intuition is inviting us to bigger stages or bigger platforms that we might need to negotiate a little fear or unworthiness issues about before we can actually step onto that next stage. We might have to, we might have to face and acknowledge those things before we can really embrace the next level of wings
0: that uh, we're yeah. stepping into. Or learn some powerful lessons from it <laughs> always.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, learn the lesson of of ignoring the intuition. And mm-hmm. and not from a place of bullying yourself of like, well, you should have listened. You should have known. And it's like, okay, well, I didn't. I was resistant. Here's, And then I would ask why was I, I – in that case with that employee, I was impatient. I rushed. I – put a square peg in a round hole, I compromised because 75% wasn't, the skill set wasn't enough. Um, And sometimes we don't know something until we're in it. And then when we're in it, we're like, oh, something needs to change or this wasn't what I thought. I launched this product or I launched this service and something doesn't feel right about it. And we want to really deeply get with those feelings and Mm -hmm. we get to mourn. We get to have a little fit that <laughs> it, it didn't work out the way we thought it was going to be. And that's okay for us to have our emotion about it. Mm-hmm. But then we're going to get to, all right, what can I do differently? And, and the, 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 the more tuned in we are to that listening as we go, the less chaos we have to navigate. And, um, and, it's, and, it, it, and there's nothing wrong with the chaos because the create chaos um, catalyzes intervention,
0: you know, mm-hmm.
1: and, and innovation and, um, ingenuity and resourcefulness and creativity. And that's when we birth a whole new idea. It becomes a cornerstone of our
0: business Yeah, wouldn't have happened otherwise. So true. I love this conversation. I feel like it can benefit so many people <laughs> as well of like following your intuition and in business. And, um, there've been so many times for me as well when I felt like I was forcing things or, Trying to do things a certain way or I'd be really excited about something and then it wouldn't go out it wouldn't go as planned because I did it in this other way or whatever. And so it sounds like on your journey you started like really honoring more of that flow and more of that um just intuition and flow and feeling good about everything. And it takes
1: radical trust. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mean that it's always easy. I think a lot of the misconception about a spiritual based business or like a conscious business is that, Oh, well, if I'm connected to spirit and I'm on my soul mission, like it's all easy. Mm -hmm. And that's not because we're, if we're in a spiritual conscious business and we're on our spiritual awakening journey, then the business becomes another classroom for us to learn and grow in for us Mm -hmm. to face our fears and look at our shadow and, and evolve so of course we're going to be attracting situations that show us our blind spot that help us to practice the skills that we are being tested and um and to trust the process and laugh when we look back and go oh my gosh i totally teach that thing
0: and i did it (laughs) i have had many of those moments (laughs) (laughs)
1: They're, you know, between you and me and, and thousands listening, um, it might not be the last one. Yeah. (laughs) And that's okay because we're here to embrace the journey and not expect perfection and that that we're a work in progress and our business is an extension and an expression of our current state of evolution. Mm -hmm. And it... We are going to go through ebbs and flows and a business closing like, like that one did 12 years ago or something like that. Uh, it was because another evolution was coming mm-hmm. and that became shamanic healing, which is where I am here in Sedona. I needed to move out of California. I needed to let go of the business and I needed to start from scratch and
0: wow
1: had, if I had been given that opportunity, Hey, would you like to do this? I'd be like, uh, hell no. I don't want to start from scratch. And yet whole new aspects of myself and whole new formats of my business were able to birth because I was having a blank slate. I don't have to keep retreats. I don't have to, it doesn't have to look like anything the way it was before. Can we have that level of surrender each, each day, um, with our business and with our life, whether it's a lifestyle, whether it's a diet, uh, whether it is how we spend our free time, how we prioritize self-care in the formula of being an entrepreneur. And I've tripped over that one a lot. It's still a work in progress of you know prioritizing myself in and not in the name of being, a soulful entrepreneur doing what I love that my health gets kicked to the curb. Yeah. And you know, that has been a lesson that has been, um, you know, working on me a lot as I keep shifting and learning new aspects of how to make sure that I'm honoring myself in the process of serving others.
0: Yeah. I it's, (laughs) that's a big one. And I feel like a lot of people, um, tend to put themselves on the back burner or are in hustle mode so much or working on their projects or in the creative flow, they forget to eat or shower or <laughs> whatever. Um, what does your yeah. practice look like personally? Does it change often for you? <clears throat> I really, um, it
1: does change with the season since I'm such an outdoor person and uh, living here in Sedona like I love being outside and at I can't different wait times to visit and, Sedona. Oh, I know I can't wait to have you. I know that we're going to have an amazing time. I know. Going out on the land and so that tends to be uh, my practices change around depending on on the season and my ability to play outside. And I really like my morning time. Me too. I I I do not start my work mode um you know, until I have had my, my morning time. And so that to me looks like meditation, stretching and moving my body in some way. And, and perhaps journaling. Like I really feel that when I get intentional in the morning and I have times, Oh, Hey, one of the things that I do every morning is quantum visualization. Ooh, We're going to give that as a free gift. Uh, I have a guided uh, quantum um, manifestation, like visualization. Such
0: my jam. I'm so excited. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure it's what you've shared with your Mm -hmm. audience before about, you know, about mindset and visualizing and making sure that you are really feeling the essence of your dream manifest here in your mind as we shift Mm -hmm. our mind to know that it's possible first, then, and if we believe it, then we can achieve it. And if we can see it in our mind, then we can see it in the 3D. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that's something I do every morning is I drive on the GPS uh, you know, track of my dreams, what it feels like mm-hmm. optimal health, what it feels like healthy conscious relationships, what it feels like thriving business and the different aspects of my life. I'm dreaming, I'm feeling, I'm laughing, I'm crying mm. in the morning. That's definitely um, something that I do. And I really like to take time with family. I like to take time with friends. And so I have really been prioritizing that. Uh, family has always been a huge priority for me as I have twins. Aww. Um, well, they're not that little. They're 22. But I very much prioritize family time and play time and just – Hanging out without agenda, Mm. just like hanging out with friends, music, dinner, sharing, nature hikes, and really prioritize, have been really prioritizing play and chill time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And having that time and having those practices supports every other area of your life.
1: I feel refreshed, you mm-hmm. know, um, after I've taken the time to play, I want to get back into the office. I'm excited to see what's happened in the business when I've stepped away for a couple of days or when I've been on vacation where I've really completely unplugged and I completely trust my office manager and staff to handle things and, and, I, I I come back with inspiration. I come back with enthusiasm, with ideas, and um, more energy. And we need that step away from our businesses to keep a fresh, exciting perspective. And when we're in this overwhelmed, stressful space, we're only going to poison our business when we're making decisions from that place. Mm-hmm. And so I have learned when I'm in a funk, which happens to everybody, you know, when I'm in a funk and I just don't feel right. I'm like, okay, before I make any decisions from this place, let me give myself permission. And as entrepreneurs, we have this freedom to be like, okay, I need to bounce this meeting for an hour and just drop in and really get clear. What am I feeling? What is this trying to get my attention? What is not resolved? What is my intuition trying to tell me here so that I can clean up my energy? Because bringing that funk into a meeting, I'm not going to have a great meeting. Yeah, And I'm not going to attract abundant opportunities. I'm not going to be vibing at the frequency of joy and manifestation and abundance. And so therefore I will uh, you know, push away those opportunities when I'm in a funky vibration. And so I've also learned to honor, okay, let me step back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just a few minutes outside. And sometimes like, I just, I'm going to come back to this in an hour. And let me go get centered. And I found that when I do that, um, I make fewer messes and I make more treasures.
0: I like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Our vibration is our most valuable asset. Mm-hmm. So, I, The meditations are important. Self-care yes. is important. Rest, like health, all of those things are important. They're not separate. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure in, in what you provide for your clients is similar to what I do is that, yes. hey, we've got to be looking at mind. We've got to be looking at body and we've got to be looking at heart. And mindset,
0: all of these things,
1: and our spiritual connection—like they intersect. It's all, and
0: yeah, it's all connected. And I always say, um, your our vibration is like literally our number one priority. It yeah. doesn't mean you need to be yeah. high vibe all the time, but like making it your priority of like looking at the stuff and getting back to your centeredness, your truth, your power.
1: Yeah. It could be, we can think that it has to be like, oh, that high vibe is <sighs> that I'm joyful and happy, but high vibe to me is, is being clear and present. Mm. Um, so that from that place of clear and presence, I don't need to be laughing hysterically or inauthentically joyful, uh, but to be clear and present, I can make better decisions from that place about what's in alignment, what's the right timing, what is a yes or what is a no. I don't Mm -hmm. have to be giddy, um, but I I can actually find the truth a lot easier. Um, And uh, allowing the full range of emotions and um, knowing that emotional intelligence has, that's that's one of the ways in which our intuition speaks to us is through our emotions. Mm -hmm. Because when we're irritated and frustrated and something isn't quite right, that's the intuition trying to say hey go take a look at this something needs to be changed or something needs attention mm. and when i was starting to get triggered in my business with that employee i'm like wait this isn't this isn't right what is this really about i'm like oh it's not a fit that's what it is yeah that's why there's conflict is because i'm avoiding that it's not a fit, and I didn't make the decision from a clear place, and so I'm experiencing the vibrational manifestation. We talk about manifestation; it works both ways. Yeah. And then, when I'm not clear, I manifest chaos, and when I am clear, I manifest
0: more abundance. That's such a powerful statement. <laughs> what do you like? How do you? What do you suggest for people like to get out of their head and into that place of clarity? Because I feel like. When you're in your head it's like that's when you're not super clear you know i've had people express things like you know i don't know if i'm making the right decision or i feel like i can't do this because of this and obviously i I take them through different mindset stuff but i'm curious of like how you explain that or for maybe those listening an easy way maybe that they can get that clarity yeah. Themselves. Thank you for that question. It's great. When we're trying to solve it from
1: the mind, the mind only has access to a limited number of files and most of those files are corrupt. So um, the, one of the most powerful things that I do in those experiences is, is I breathe and I, I, and I step back mm. when I'm starting to get agitated or I'm like too mental. And I just, can't see the way or a lot of fear is starting to creep in and you and I both teach mindset and that doesn't mean that fear doesn't knock on the door even though you know how to shift your mindset over into more positivity and is to is to look at well what is this what is this really about and so I think the first thing that I do is I step back because I'm too much in it and I can't you know like they say we can't see the forest through the trees and I close my eyes because when the human eyes are opening, they're accessing the brain's database. When the human eyes are closed, then, and the third eye is opening, now we're accessing unlimited possibilities. And when we quiet the mind, we can actually access the quantum field. So I step back, get calm. Sometimes I need to move some energy or emotion or frustration before I can get calm. Um, because, I, you know, we don't really want to emotionally bypass. If something is really frustrating or sad or is creating an emotional um, wave, I like to allow the wave to move. I, I respect that it's rising for a reason. And so when I allow the expression to move, the frustration or sadness or whatever it is, then I can, through a calmer place, when the waters of my emotion are more still, and through the breath, I think, is a powerful gateway to stillness and to clarity and to calmness and to come back to center is like just deep, deep
0: inhales and exhales. That's crazy as you're saying that. It's like thundering over here.
1: <laughs> right? And so like deep and like a long, long exhale so that we can help to let go of some of the built up residue that clouds clarity and calmness. And in that place of, of stillness, I, I like to allow myself to meditate, even if I'm just standing in a, like I'm just standing, stepping back from something um, and to just get calm, get clear and ask what is the most aligned response right now? Mm. What is this trying to show me? What, what is it important that I see right now? Even if I don't want to see it, what is it important for me to see or hear or acknowledge right now? What's, is this in alignment? What is the most aligned response? Does this align with my soul's mission? Does this feel true for me right now? These are all questions that I'll ask and, and I'll wait until I get an answer. And I've, I've, I have learned, you know, the accommodator in me was always such a pleaser decades ago that I always felt obligated to give somebody an answer when they wanted an answer. Mm. And I have learned to acknowledge that I'll get back to you when I'm clear about that. Even if they want an answer in five minutes, I've learned to respect the intelligence of pausing and getting clear before uh, coming to an important decision. And if it's an important decision, it can wait because if this is where intuition comes in and and I kind of like use a red light, green light, yellow light. If I'm (laughs) getting a green light, Oh, it's green light. If I'm getting a red light, red light. (laughs) if I'm getting a yellow light, it's a proceed with caution. That doesn't mean brake pedal and it doesn't mean gas pedal. It means proceed with caution, inch into the street, get more information and then decide, is it a green light or a yellow light? And we might be inching into that decision for six days. Yeah. Or six weeks before we have clarity, and if we don't, we do not have to succumb to external pressure if it doesn't feel aligned. And that doesn't mean we might not be nervous or, you know, like uncomfortable about pushing the gas pedal on a, a new part of our business. That's different. That's a it's a green light that I'm afraid of. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. different. <laughs> then I really don't have a clear yes or no. Okay, we'll then proceed with caution. And get more information. You don't have to break up. You don't have to end the business. You don't have to fire this person or whatever it is, or or write the book and, until you like get a clear yes. Yeah. And and that has given me a lot of permission to honor divine timing as well as intuition that says, okay, we don't have to make a decision on this right now, um, and that's okay. I can just self that for a moment or let it sit and. And um pick back up again when it feels right, and there's more information. Yeah, which is different than which is different than avoidance and, um, you know, For, f- fear fear based uh, uh, avoidance of like, well, I'm not going to take a writing class because then I have to write a book. You know, <laughs> there's a big. You know, I'm difference. not going to stand. Yeah, there's a big difference between like crafty avoidance (laughs) which we're all probably really good at (laughs) where we kind of like negotiate with ourselves that we don't really need that or that's not really important or I don't have to do that where we just start bartering away and shipping away at our truth or what's really alive in us and and that is another classroom that
0: creates a certain you know feedback loop. Well, thank you. It's a, I like how it's simple as closing your eyes and taking a few deep breaths can just center you into that inner knowing. Yeah. And get you curious. Do powerful breath work too. Oh my gosh. That's my
1: favorite in my medicine bag. That's that The shamanic breath work, that's different than these calming breaths to kind of clear mm-hmm. the fog and, and get get clear and back in your center and like come back to peace and your own truth. Again, mm-hmm. Shamangelic angelic breath work. It's like a that's journey. More, yeah. That's <laughs> definitely more like a journey and Todd and Cole who introduced us are the ones that, uh, they came and experienced breath work when I did it there in Austin for the on it tribe and the black swan yeah. yoga peeps. Um, uh, I work with them quite a bit. And so this is more like using the breath as a broom to go sweep out the density that's way down in the basement corners. And rage might be there. Grief might be there. Your voice might be there that got stuffed or stifled. Um, Your truth, your confidence might be there um, from different situations that caused trauma or left an imprint where we got stagnated at a particular time and and some aspect of ourselves is still stuck in that pattern or that time or that dynamic that we've taken well into adulthood and our unresolved past will become our present over and over and over again and so shamanic breathwork seeks to go down into the basement this is the shamanic part mm-hmm. it says hey Let's discover what wounding is there or what feelings are there that never had a safe space to be expressed or evolve and what treasures lie waiting for you that in this next chapter that you're stepping into, whether it's your confidence, your voice, your clear boundaries, um, your power, your intuition, uh, trust, self-respect, any of these things, safety um freedom playfulness may all be stuck and distorted in the past and this gives the opportunity to really awaken the treasures that 100% guarantee that as you go forward whatever you're stepping into that you will need um to acquire remember those tools and bring them they're going to be what is needed for this next part of your journey. Let's say I am afraid of judgment, maybe from childhood, from some experience, I really felt ridiculed by my siblings or my peers. And so I played small and I didn't express myself. Well, what happens if part of your sole mission is to be an author or a speaker or requires you to be on stages or in the public eye in some way, the fear of public ridicule can sabotage that dream and keep you from manifesting and expressing your soul's mission at that point. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you've been able to get only so far before having to face the, the core wound of the fear that people won't like me and people will judge me. And as you step into Which your power of truth, very common. And we all have to face that in some way, whether it's the fear of success or whatever. And so unraveling that core wound is essential now to be able to stand um, and put your voice, your book, your uh, product, your service out there. And, be able to face ridicule. It's not that ridicule or judgment won't happen is that you are able to honor it from an adult standpoint, knowing that, Oh, well, if somebody else doesn't like it, it's not about me. It's more about them. Yeah. And they don't have to like my music or my recipe book or, you know, my truth because it's my truth and it's for me. And so we outgrow the need for external validation and we start to claim our magic and our medicine, mm. and we acknowledge that it's not for everybody, and the truth is some people won't like it, and they have the right not to like it, and I'm not gonna crumble because somebody doesn't like my book, or the podcast gets a bad review, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we in free ourselves, we liberate ourselves from being held captive by somebody else's criticism, so this is an example of where shaman breath work and other core healing work that I do with people individually and in groups um, and online and with coaching is, is let's go release that and then learn in this space of how to reclaim who you truly are. So this is the angelic part,
0: mm. this
1: you know, the spiritual aspect of reclaiming our core essence and then embodying our choices from that place because that person who isn't, meek and afraid and victimized from whatever experience afraid to express or overcompensating to get to show value and worth and hustling to the point where the body's fried Mm -hmm. um, that we're no no, no, no longer overcompensating from those places but actually like really deeply serving and moving from a place of Core truth and embodiment and authentic power—we're um, a lot more powerful from that place, ladies. <laughs> than yeah, than when we're overcompensating or or you know still running the victim in some way. So that's shamanic breathwork and the other services that I do really help shift those core imprints and create an expansion and natural resonance and then of course there's many many tools that i teach and share uh in the process of empowerment and awakening so that that way we have the tools to fly at this level
0: i love like everything that your brand (laughs) and business stands for like the the shamanic is so perfect. Do you, so you offer like a lot of online stuff, in-person stuff still in Sedona and yeah, elsewhere?
1: Yeah, I'm based in Sedona. So lots of people that are going through all kinds of different parts of their journey, whether it's a big trauma or a spiritual awakening or anything in between, they're just wanting to level up or they need to deeply heal from something. Uh, so people come here to Sedona for various types of in-person sessions or a personal retreat. Um, there's also, because I know not everybody can come here in person. I do a whole online quantum leap coaching mm-hmm. and awesome. uh, that's group and one-on-one uh, coaching. And there's all kinds of online programs as well. Of course, this is a shaman healing podcast. So we got to have you on soon. Oh yeah. That'd be um, awesome. And uh, so, yeah, the Shamangelic Healing Podcast is a way to tap into some of these um, inspiring conversations like this uh, Mm -hmm. to learn tools of of personal development, kind of real soulful conversations. So the Shamangelic Healing Podcast, and it's just, you know, I just love people, you know, healing it to heal and awaken and to remember who they are, Mm -hmm. you know, because I remember how painful it was to forget who I was. And the consequences of forgetting—it was like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna drink a lot, eat a lot, gossip a lot, and mm. you know, throw myself into my work. And I—I mm-hmm. I remember how empty that felt for me at that time. Yeah. And so, I'm here to support women remembering who they are and bringing their fullest magic yes and uh, into <laughs> you know to the community and the, the old way was you know kind of like in junior high where we would you know gossip about each other and stab each other in the back and pull each other's hair and steal 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 the boyfriend you know <laughs> And the sisterhood now, it's so delicious to be past those things and really want our sisters to shine and thrive. We want to be on the receiving end of, of your magic. We, we want you to succeed. There isn't necessary to have a jealousy or insecurity, but uh, rather be inspired and supportive of another sister finding her truth because we're, we're all stronger when we rise together.
0: Yes. Amen to that. <laughs> oh my God, that was so beautiful. So do you, so um, do you also help people like, do you, I'm sure you work with a lot of healers or aspire, aspiring yes. people. Yes. Um, I'm curious also for those listening who probably, I'm sure people listening also may want to learn more about like, well, how, how you do the things you do, but also do you teach people how to do like what you do? I do.
1: Uh, As a matter of fact, we are going to be, um, so I teach uh, a shaman, I have a school and this year it is uh, two weeks, one, uh, uh, one week and then another separate week. So level one and level two, and they're both required. And this is healing, healing tools and modalities, shamanic wisdom teaching, counseling, and how to facilitate shamanic breathwork. Wow. And it is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. This is like, you've got to be really called to the healing arts and really deeply want to hold space for someone's personal transformation. It has to be a soul calling. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't necessarily have to have experience with any of it. If you're called then this is the opportunity to learn sound healing modalities, emotional clearing, chakra balancing, and um, working with energy, working with shamanic wisdom teachings um how to how to facilitate breath work and help with big core wounds and how to, how to help shift those mm. and um it's. It's, it's such a beautiful opportunity. I love what I do. And um, so for those called to the healing arts and want to come here to Sedona and, and learn, um, then all of that is on the Shamanic Healing website. And so we will be having one week in late June and one week in early August. Wow. I'll be there and, in late June. <laughs> okay. So, um this is, this is, uh, so that's when the training is going to be happening. Wow. Um, if all aligns with what currently is happening. Yeah. So it's just a, an honor to support the healing process for people and and the quantum visualization, the
0: free gift. Oh, yes. I invite
1: people to definitely sign. Can you, know, you share about that. like what
0: that is exact, real fast before?
1: Yeah. So that is this, the quantum visualization is a guided audio. So that let's just say you know, when you're assessing things and you're looking at your health, for example, on a scale of one to 10, how it's doing, you know, and let's say you say, okay, it's seven or a six and you want to improve that. You want to have a vision of what, like a GPS of what your health looks like optimally. Same with your business, same with your relationships, whatever goals or dreams that you have. We want to set a dream for it. And the more you smell it, the more you can feel it, the more you can viscerally enjoy. Let yourself fantasize and um, feel it, see it, experience it happening, whether it's fitting into this particular bathing suit or if it's being able to uh, play with your kids or hike or um your business thriving, whatever it is, like have that dream. And this is a guided visualization to kind of help you see it, smell it, experience it, and enjoy it so that we can rewire the brain to know that it's not only possible, it's inevitable. The Mm -hmm. more you live it in your brain first, the more likely you are to manifest it. Mm -hmm. The other thing that that helps us do, which I'm sure you've shared with your listeners, because you're you know, a mindset master yourself. And I'm all about is, the
0: quantum stuff.
1: Yes. <laughs> Love you know, it. that really helps us when we're daily rewriting those neural networks in our brain, is then our brain begins to overwrite the old limitations and the old patterns and the corrupt files with new possibilities, ones that light you up. So when you're using that quantum visualization, Don't play small. Get excited. We want to be laughing, crying hysterically and so grateful that it's already manifest. And that doesn't mean you're not still doing your work, but we're shifting the vibration and the thought patterns that believe and know that it's inevitable Mm
0: -hmm. and not
1: just... You know, oh, maybe someday, or I'm not worthy of that. So that's a great uh, that those visualizations that you can use first thing in the morning or at nighttime, anytime you want to beautiful um, set a roadmap for manifestation.
0: That's exciting! Such an awesome gift. So I will leave a link for that for those of you listening. You've got to go grab it. I'll leave a link in the show notes for the free quantum manifestation, visual, visualization, and all the other places to find you. But you can also share that now if you want as well. Like, yeah, I'm at uh, Shamanjelic.
1: Yeah, shamanjelichealing.com. I'm here in Sedona. So come and visit me here if you're passing through. Let me know in advance because I tend to book up um, just a heads up. And, uh, of course, everything's available online, the Shamanjelic Healing Podcast. And I'm on Instagram at Anahata Ananda. And so I gather that'll all be in the show notes and, yes. and um, I'm excited for us to cross paths. Yeah, this is amazing. I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. And and it's wonderful to meet another kindred sister mm-hmm. that is walking a similar path. And um, I'm excited and honored when you come here to, to facilitate breath work for you yes. and friends when you come to visit.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. And
1: if, and if you're still listening, then that means if you've listened all the way to this point, <laughs> I want to acknowledge that something really landed as medicine in your soul if you know, if you listen to this podcast this long. And I just invite you to trust that, to act upon whatever little pearls you took away from this conversation, that if your intuition was sparked or an idea or some um, some action, uh, you know, really inviting you to listen to what you are taking away from this, and um, know that you have two sisters here that want you to thrive, want you to win, want you to be the best version of you, and so we believe it's possible. I second
0: that. So beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much, Anahata. This is amazing. Yeah. It's been wonderful having you on the show.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me and um, grateful for the work that you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you. And My thank pleasure. you
0: to everyone listening. Also, if you found a lot of value in this, you loved what you heard, you can tag us on Instagram as well. When you listen, we would love to say hi. <laughs>
1: yes. Love to hear what your favorite little pearl was. Yeah. yeah. Share that with us. We'd love to hear that. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you